Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings forth light and understanding to the simple. Father, I have come this morning in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Father, thank you for the unction to function. Thank you so much for the fresh unction. And thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for opening eyes to see, opening ears to hear, opening hearts to know the supernatural performance of surgical procedure in the spirit. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We worship and we adore you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Praise God. This morning, I will continue on accurate pattern for building the house of God. I thought I'd be able to conclude it, but I'm not too sure now. But there are so many things that are in there. Accurate pattern for building the house of God. Seven pillars for building the house of God. We've been looking at these for quite a while. 600,000 men besides women and children left Egypt. They didn't just leave anyhow. They left with a lot of pomp and pageantry. It was a time of rejoicing. The Bible says after crossing the Red Sea, Miriam, the sister of Moses, led the women in singing. Singing and dancing, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has been thrown into the sea. And of course, the horse and the riders, they were thrown into the sea. Egypt was the most powerful nation in the world at the time. They had all the ammunitions, they had all the chariots, they had all the forces. But do you know what happened? They perished in the sea because God stepped into their fears of his people. But now, you know, the 600,000 men, besides the women, besides the children, one would have thought that everybody would just want enter into promise. But how many people eventually did? How many? Two. If we add the bonds of Joseph, making three. How many left Egypt? 600,000 men, about 2 million, or even between 2 and 3 million, then what happened to the rest? They did not enter into promise. Do you know that there's a promise for your life too? We're not an accident of creation. Hello, when God saved you, he didn't just save you that, okay, yes, now we've been saved now. That's not the end, that's just the beginning of the race. God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. Amen. And I want to disappoint some of us that the purpose is not just to get married and give birth to children. That is part of it. Do you know that marriage does not have eternal destiny? It doesn't have. What do I mean by that? Because you won't get to heaven and then you're holding your word, your wife, and say, hey, David, I hope you're not disappointed. 
you know, you're holding your wife. And you say, oh, and someone says, oh, meet her. Oh, yes, you know, uh, I met her before, after you left planet Earth. Come and meet my wife. She was so good. No, there's nothing like that in heaven. Uh, what would that be? You only be brothers and sisters because there's no marriage and giving in hand in marriage. There won't be any celebration of marriage there. There will be celebration of the Lord. There will be a lot of worship times, but no marriage there. That is why you use marriage to fulfill eternal destiny. That's the purpose of marriage. That you use it to fulfill eternal destiny. That together with your wife, together with your children, you trust in God that the reason why he created you and that reason is primarily, oh yes, uh, I want to do something mighty. Do you know the first thing that I want you to do is just to worship him? Is to worship him. Is to serve him. Then all the others will unfold as you walk with him. But these 600,000 men, besides women and children, they didn't enter into promise. And that is why this word is coming to us. So that we also will not be like them. Hello, will not be like them. And when I say accurate pattern for building the house of God, I'm not primarily talking about mortar and brick. I know we're in the process of you know, moving into our own, into our own uh, uh, building, into our own place, into our own property, and the rest of it. But I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about primarily. It's not about mortar and brick. Is about you. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter number three, from verse number nine. First Corinthians three, from verse number nine. What does it say? For we are what. First Corinthians three, from verse number nine. What does it say? I read. It reads and I quote. For you are God's fellow workers, you are God's sword, field, and you, remember, you are God's fellow workers. You or we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. Therefore, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. There's a way which you must be constructing your life and be building your life and be building your life, and you must build it according to according to pattern. And last week I started looking at seven pillars of building the house of God. I brought we brought it together. Pillar number one. Do you remember what was it? What was pillar number one? Ah. What? We are God's what? We are God's dwelling place. And what again? We are God's dwelling place. On the face of the earth. We are God's dwelling place on the face of the earth. We are God's dwelling place. Amen. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter number 2 from verse number 19. Ephesians chapter 2 
verse number 19. It reads, and I quote, For you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and what? The prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. This is, this, those are key points in building. Building on the prophetic, building on the apostolic. The church of God, the New Testament church must be built on the prophetic. On the prophetic word, a lot of churches, a lot of places, many are not building according to the prophetic. What does it mean, the prophetic? Prophetic is being able to download from the heart of God his original intent for your life. Amen. Because you are not just born. In fact, can I submit to you that before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you and he ordained you. What did he ordain you for? He knew you and he ordained you as what? That is Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations. So you must have an understanding. Where were you born? Why did you come to this earth? Amen. Why are you in the city of Melbourne at this time? Why were you born? Not in Australia, but born where, where you were born. Or why were you born even in Australia? Or why were you born in the city of Melbourne? Why were you born in Mozambique, for example? Why were you born in Uganda, for example? Why were you not born here? Why did he bring you here at this time? For what purpose? Somebody said to make a good living. No, that is, that is, that is not the main purpose. <laughs> Hello? Hello? That's not the main purpose. That, will just, that is the allowance, not the salary. That's not the main purpose. You are here for a reason. Or were there people that were processing to come to Australia and did not work out for them? Or everybody that processed it, they just gave them? Why did, why did he allow you to come in and he did not allow them to come? Why? Why did he allow you to come? Or maybe they didn't pray very well. You fasted for 21 days, but they fasted for only two days. Is that the reason why they, they gave them? Or they didn't give, they gave you and they didn't give them? No. Not because of your fasting. There are those who fasted for 21 days and they were still refused or rejected. But God brought you here for a purpose. Hello. And let me say this. Somebody say, you know, I'm already getting old. What can I do at this time? Don't listen to that lie. Don't listen to that lie. Amen. How old was Moses when Moses started really serving God? How old was he? What? 80. It was 80. There are three dimensions in the life of Moses. 40 years in the palace of Pharaoh, 40 years in the wilderness, and 40 years of fulfilling destiny. Somebody said, we're already 80 now. I think it's not time to say bye-bye. No, we don't retire in this business. We'll fire. Hello. At 80, I'll still be preaching. At 85, I'll still be preaching. Amen. I may not be able to jump the way I'm jumping now, but I'm telling you, there'll still be fire in my bones. An authority in my life and in my voice. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to die before my time. 
I'm not just going to leave anyhow. Amen. When I'm about to leave, I'll say bye-bye. Hello, I'll say bye-bye. He said, Baba is calling everybody. Say, yes, everybody come. I want to let you know that it's time to say bye-bye. I'll soon be leaving. Say, how will you know? You don't worry. I will know. I will know. There's some things I, I took before, <laughs> many, many years ago. I said to myself, the day I will meet, the day I will meet my wife, I will know. The day. And I wasn't a pastor. It wasn't by any revelation. I just, I, the day, as I've said to myself, I'll tell my friends. I said, anytime I meet my wife, I'll, I'll know. Not by any divine revelation, but I just believe. And the day I met her, and I said to her, I said, oh, I think I've met my wife now. I said, hello, I'm going to marry you, and I'll take you around the world. The first day, you can ask her, she's sitting here. Somebody say, what? You said that? Yes. Have I not married her now? <laughs> and have I not taken her to Australia? Yes. Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, you just believe. Oh my God. How, how do I explain this life to you? And at that time, at best, at best, I can call myself a baby Christian. So it's not a matter of, oh yes, you know, as pastor, no. It's just a matter of trusting in the one who knows all things. The one who is able to do all things. It's not by power, it's not by mind. The Christian life is not a natural life. Amen. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, what is the foundation, what is the apostolic foundation? Know that you are created for a purpose. Know that you are created for a reason. I remember some of the children here. The day I was praying for them. Some of them were not even one year old. Judah was not one year old. When God spoke very clearly and said there's an anointing of God upon him to worship. Thank God for the parents. Though yes, the part of the worshiping. I said, but he will surpass that. And they brought a video. You can, they have the evidence. They brought a video to me. They were singing together at home. And they were singing and they were singing. What, what was the song you were singing? What? Hail my Jesus. And was doing that this. Was doing that this. Was doing that this. They were singing. Was doing that this. Suddenly. Oh yes. Suddenly he just started. He just started as if. You know. He just started. Poo, 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 oh my Jesus. I said, ah. How old was he when he did that? Nine months or ten months? Ten, not even one year. One year because destiny is not something. We only discover destiny. It has been settled before the foundation of the earth. How old was Ebon when God spoke to the parents and said, and as she walked in, we were praying. And the Lord said to me, He said, There's an anointing and unction on her that she will word. She will, you know, hands on. The grace of God is upon her to cook. And the grace of God is upon her. And do you know what she said also? That he will not need to go to university. That, the, that grace is upon her and she will succeed in spite of education. And the mom came to me after and said, I said to her, bring this at maybe one plus. And she went and brought her 
uh, he said the way she held the hand, she had to be looking. What? How could she know? Because those things are not taught. Those things are caught. If one year old we know, if two year old, how about those of us who are adults? He's not finished with you. That's why you are not dead. Oh, we don't know my age. Age is just a number. I'll show you here. Because we are, if you start to operate in the supernatural power of God, it's independent of time. It's independent of time. Your time is not gone. God is just beginning with you. There are people who started this year with us who are no more today. There are no more today. But God spared us. And do you know what? Something changed. We've entered another season. Thank God for that song. Oh, uh, that song. A new season. A new day. Because it showed me the first half. And even the, some, uh, the clouds. The thickness of the clouds. And then the storms and everything. And I saw the sheep struggling. Sometimes it will move like this. It will move like this. It will move like this. And then, you know, suddenly we're now moving to another season. Another half. And then the, the thick place was steady. It was steady and it was moving. It was moving. And it reminded me of Mark chapter 4 verse 35. When they were in the sea. And the Bible said there was a great storm. And Jesus said peace be still. He rebuked the wind. And there was great calm. Foundation of the apostolic. Foundation of the prophetic. Jesus Christ himself being what? The chief cornerstone. Verse 21. He now says, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 22. In whom you also you have been built together for a dwelling place for God in the spirit. God wants to dwell amongst the people. He does not want to just visit. Hello. He does not want to be a visitor in your house. Or in his house. Because your body is the temple of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pillar number two. What was it? Pillar number two. God walks from the inside wall. Outside. Because what is happening on your inside. Is far far more important to God. Because eventually. Even if everything contrary is happening on the outside. As long as you are being fortified on the inside. The outside will eventually line up. The problem is that when not much is happening on the inside, then the outside seems to all remain, remain, remain. But when there's a change happening on the inside, hello, praise God. Because Christianity is not a religion. It's not a religion. It's an encounter with God. It's relationship with the spirit of the living God. Because something is happening to you. Something is working inside of you. And then there's a response, there's a change, there's something taking place inside of you. And whatsoever is contrary on the outside will have to line up, realign itself to what God is saying to you on the inside. Pillar number three, what was it? Is what? Revelation of Christ. Revelation of Christ. Pillar number four. Revelation of the blessing. Pillar number five. True revelation comes from the Father. Now let's go to pillar number six. And I'll take you to verse 18. Pillar number six, verse 18. What does it say? Pillar number six, verse number 18. 
Let's go to Matthew 16, verse 18. What does it say? Or maybe let me, let me, let me continue to read from uh, verse number 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Remember, he was from the inside to the outside. If the others are ignorant, how about you? You spend time with me. We've eaten together. We've been in the same house. How about you? But who do you say that I am? Then Peter thanked God for him. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you. We spoke our revelation of the blessing. Blessed are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed that this to you, but my father who is in heaven. I remember we said yes, we said last week, pillar number five, true revelation can only come from what? From the Father. Why didn't Jesus say true revelation or blessed are you, Simon Bajona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my God? Sometimes I listen when people pray and they say, let us pray. I say, oh God, oh God. Jesus never prayed and said, oh God. Jesus prayed and said, what? When you want to pray, pray in this manner. Our father. Why? Because fatherhood denotes relationship. Denotes relationship. is not your, is God to the world, but his father to us. Is father to members of the family. He's not just God to us. He's father to us. My father, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. That's what the Pharisees did not have. Because they did not have relationship. They had knowledge. They could quote scriptures, but no relationship. Hello? Relationship is the currency of the spirit. They knew the law. They could call the law, but they lacked the relationship and the spirit. And the letter gives, but the spirit gives what? Gives what life. I want to say, and I've said it before, that is why Christianity is not just a religion. Somebody said, what's your religion? I said, my religion is Christianity. My religion is not Christianity. Christianity is relationship because it's not just do's and don'ts. It's not just do the do's and don'ts. It's relationship with the Father. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my what? And you know what relationship will do to you? What access to the Father? Will, it will grant you access to the supernatural. There are only two realms. First realm, the natural. The entire world lives in the natural. You don't have to be born again. You live, people all over live in the natural. That realm is characterized by what? Characterized by time. Characterized by space. Matter. This is matter. Space. What we see, we gain access to it by our senses. Mm, what are you cooking? It's very nice. Senses. Sense of smell. 
Oh, who is the person talking? Oh, I think my wife or I think my husband had come. Hearing, senses. You get access to that realm. You don't need to be born again to operate in the natural realm. Everybody operates in the natural realm. Unfortunately, many Christians still operate there too. They only move by what they see. They only move by what they feel. They only move by what they, what, you know. Is that the way God has ordained us? No. Don't be limited to the natural realm. But I want to have, been, I want to encounter the supernatural. It is relationship that will grant that access to it. Relationship with the Father. So how is your relationship with the Father? How is it? Flesh and blood does not what? But my Father in heaven, access to the Father grants you access to the supernatural. And what is the supernatural realm? The supernatural is the realm beyond what? The natural. The realm beyond time, space, and matter is independent of time. Only it does not, it does not relate. It's not dependent on time. I've shared with you the testimony of a brother who had an accident way back. He had an accident. He almost broke his spine. And because of that accident, he was walking like this. And he would come to the clinic when I was still walking in the teaching hospital like this. And after the treatment, on the stage, I just said I was leaving. And I went. And I left and I went into, you know, I was going into full-time ministry. And I resigned my appointment there. And I went there and he got to the clinic. And he said, oh, I'm looking for him. They said, the man is no longer here. They said, what? Where did he go to? They said, he's resigned. Resigned? He said, can I just see him? And he eventually found my address. The hospital was in a place called Shagamu in Ogun State, if you know Nigeria. And then I was living in a place called Ikene in a distance of how? No. No, 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 no. Uh, this, uh, no. It's more than that. Yes. About, about 15, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes from the hospital to my house. He got my address and he came looking for me. That morning, I was on my way to Singapore. He caught me at home. He pressed the bell, and the bell rang. And I, said, I, was, and I went to open that, and he, ah! Mr. Ogunjobi, what are you doing here? That was his name. Ah, he said, I learned that you, I learned that you're no longer working in the hospital, and I've come to look for you. And I said, ah, but you, you, you drove for about 20 minutes, and he said, yes, I just wanted to pray for me. There's something about sacrifice, my dear friends. He could have turned back from the hospital. He could have said, the man is gone. Let's forget about it. But he dragged himself with the back like this. And then he got to my house. And I held his hands. In the name of Jesus. I didn't say, Satan, I bind you. I didn't say, back be healed. I just said, in the name of Jesus. The moment I said, Jesus, 
God granted me access to the supernatural. The power of God came down. My eyes were closed. His eyes were closed. Suddenly I just thought I, he, he just he, he released my, you know, and he, he did like this. He said, ah, he said, eh, he said, eh, he said, ah, oh, ah, my back, my back, my back, my back, my back. He just left. From that day up to this day, I've not seen him again. But I believe he must be okay. He was shocked. All of us were, what, what, what? what? Because I just, in the name of what? Remember the back was bent. He's had that problem for several months. And you know that the healing of the back, we have doctors here, they can analyze, they can give us, you know, how, how long will it take for back to, you know, after you've sprained your back? That you've been treating for several months. But at the name of Jesus, the word, the natural was suspended. The supernatural took over. Oh, and then suddenly the back that was bent was pow. That is why you can't be living just your Christianity in a natural way. You can't be living it like that. And the secret to that is your relationship with Him, relationship with the Father. He will grant you access. He will suspend time for your sake. You know what is a what a miracle is? Suspension of the natural course of event and superimposing the supernatural. I believe God. I'm trusting God that in this place, this will be a center for the miraculous. In Jesus' name, you see healings, you see breakthroughs, you see things happening. You see, happening. I told you last week how I got a call from somebody and I said, "Do you want? Would you like to have?" Cheers. I said, cheers? He said, what? Cheers? And I said, I want to offer you cheers. I said, offer me cheers? I'm not, my priority is not cheers now. My priority is to move us to the new building. That's, that's the priority. And I said, okay, how much do you want to sell each chair? He said, no, I'm not selling the chair for you. I want to give it because I had how I want to uh, offer you. And you're talking to a businessman here. He said, and I said, how many chairs? He said, 300 chairs. And I said, wait a minute. Hold on, I'll get back to you. I dropped. The Holy Spirit said to me, you've been talking about 300 with capacity of 32,000. I said, wow. He said, 300 chairs. 300 capacity of 32. I picked up the phone. I said, we'll have the chairs. Hallelujah. This week, I got an email. Last week, it was a phone call. I mean, the week before, it was a phone call. Last week, I got an email from an organization. He said, would you like fridges and freezers? Would you like fridges and freezers? Say, will you like fridges and freezers? I said, what? I thought there would be small, small uh, uh, ice box that, uh, I, I, you know, that, how can you just say you don't like? And I went and they sent an email when I saw industrial fridges, the one, like the one that you have in the kitchen here. I saw them. He said, whoa. I said, hey, you want this one? He said, yes. And he said, oh, you, you know that I didn't ask for one. I, I will not tell you how, how many I asked for. I didn't, I didn't ask for one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've been properly trained. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Because I've read my Bible. When Elisha told the king, he said, strike the ground. He said, how many, you know, and the king struck the ground. How many times? Do you remember the story? How many times? 
No, no, he struck it three times. And Elisha said, why did you do that? You should have continued until the thing, what? Because three times you'll only be able to defeat them. But if you had continued, that would have granted you total victory over the Assyrians, over the Syrians. So I remember that I didn't ask for one at all. And I didn't ask for three, two, because he struck the ground three times. I think in scriptures. If you are close to me, I think in scriptures. I don't think the way most people think. I think in what? Scriptures. Think in scriptures. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what is God saying to us? God is supplying the furnishings. Even before we move there. Around <laughs> the furnishings before we move there. Amen. Praise God. I'm waiting for what will happen again this week. You know, I got a phone call the week before. I got an email last week. I don't know what will happen. It will be a combination of phone calls and emails. I'm full of expectation. Be full of expectation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because the supernatural is your realm. What is the supernatural realm? The super of God coming upon your natural to create a new environment around you. So that your life does not follow a natural course of event. Something different is taking place. The super coming upon your what? Your natural. It becomes supernatural. Supernatural. So where others are saying the door cannot be opened. Or this is the problem. You get there. The door what? I've gotten used to this automatic open doors in the spirit. That in the name of Jesus, when I get there, what will happen? And that will open. And that will be your Lord and portion. In Jesus' name. Pillar number six. Pillar number six. The church of God. Look at this. After Peter said, or after Jesus responded and said, flesh and blood, Blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. He now said this, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are what? Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Pillar number six, the church of God or the believer's life can only be truly built on the revelation of the Lordship of Christ. The church of God or the believer's life can only be truly built on the revelation of the Lordship of Christ. The church of God or the believer's life can only be built on the revelation of the Lordship of Christ. Look at what Jesus said. And on this rock, and I also said to you what? That you are Peter. And on this what? Rock. What exactly is the rock there? That rock was Christ. But to be more specific, what is the rock? R-O-C-K. Do you want to write it vertically? 
R O C K. Everybody say R O C K. What does that mean? Put in front of R revelation. In front of O, what do you put? In front of C, what do you put? In front of K, what do you put? King. Revelation of Christ, the King. What does that mean? The revelation of the Lordship of Christ. Thou art Peter, and on this revelation of the Lordship of Christ, I will be, what is the Lordship of Christ? That means that he's the one in charge. He's the one directing the affairs. You are not the one in charge. I remember, and I'm saying this to you, because that is the pattern of life that I've learned from him. I remember many years ago, I wanted to travel to the US. I was still working in the medical field. I was still working. And all my friends had left. They've gone to the U.S. And I wanted to go there myself. And I applied. And I got a job there. And I got my temporary working visa. Called the H-1B visa. I got it. And by the time I went to the embassy, they said there's something you need to renew here. Go back, get them to renew it, and then return to come and collect your visa. Between the time of renewal and then the time I was praying, and he said, no, I'm sending you to Kano. How many of us in the U.S. and Kano don't sound the same? said, I'm sending you to Kano. At that time, Kano was the occultic capital, Islamic occultic capital for Western Africa. It was the only city that Rehambanke could not hold a crusade. And he was having crusades all over Africa and Nigeria. When he spoke to me, they've just had a major riot that thousands were killed. Christians were killed. And he now said, I'm sending you there. I said, Kano? He said, yes. What happened to the U.S.? I did what? I put it aside. I couldn't deny that he told me about Kano. I couldn't say it, no. I rejected because he spoke to me. I pulled that aside. I said, okay, I will go there. Do you know one thing? Every step of obedience will always produce a reward. It would have been easier if he had said to me, go and spend some time in Kano and I'll send you to Australia. Quickly, I'll just pack my bags. We're just going to be here for how many years? Um, you know, and I'll go there. But he didn't say that. He just said, go to Kano. He wanted to test my obedience. He wanted to test my obedience. And because I've made him my Lord, not just my Savior, I put aside what I wanted and I pursued what he wanted. And I went to Canada and we almost died there. But do you know in the midst of it, he said, I'm sending you to Australia. And he brought us here. But I thank God because later he said, if there was no Canada, there would not have been Australia. It's just like saying that you want to go to uni and you're not willing to go to high school. How are they going to do that? How are they going to do that? Learn to obey him. Learn, make him your Lord. Make him. So that he's the one in charge. He's the one in charge of every area of your life. 
And do you know what? You can't exercise authority if you're not under authority. If you're not under his authority, how do you exercise his authority? How do you say, in Jesus' name I bind you, when he cannot even talk to you to do this? He can't touch anything regarding your life. He cannot say, do this, and you will do it. You do what you want to do. And now you want to say, in Jesus' name. He doesn't work like that. He doesn't work like that. If you are willing to work, it is submission and obedience that will produce what? That produce his authority in your life. Hello. Hello. You cannot, if you are not willing for him to what? Willing for him to correct you, to change your cause, then you deny yourself of his direction. Lordship of Christ. He said, Peter, on this rock, the rock, the revelation of Christ the King, as Peter practiced that, did he not leave his fishing business? At what age? Was he 20? He was the oldest man there. In the natural, he was far older than Jesus. At this point, Jesus was about 32, 33. He was already over 50. He was about 53. He left his fishing business and he followed. He followed. Am I saying you should leave your, your work and say, no, I've had, I've had the message now. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm going. No, that's not. I'm just saying, listen to what he tells you to do. Because there was one time we were teaching about destiny here, about how important it is to fulfill destiny. I wasn't even in church. I was ministering somewhere. And I got a call from someone. He said, Pastor, you're not going to see me in church again. I said, why? He said, they preach that we should go and fulfill destiny. I'm gone. I said, what? I'm serious. True life story. I'm gone. And from that day up to now, I've not seen him. I'm not saying it. So that's not what we're talking about here. That's not what we're talking about here. Because the enemy has a way of twisting words so that you don't hear the thing that's been said. Praise God. What am I saying? You will learn to obey him in your life. Somebody say, but can God not just say you should go? Will he not tell me? Does he operate like that? If the Australian government wants him to come and attend a course, would they not write to you? They would they not ask you, can you release Joshua? Hey. Can you say that? But now, can they just say, I'm coming to come and pick Joshua? Yes, they can't just do that. They will have to pass through where? The father. So if the government will do that, how much more? God. They will not talk to the, uh, to the father of the house and just say, oh, okay, you go, pluck off, that is it. He doesn't work like that. He doesn't do his own thing like that. On this rock, revelation of Christ the King, I will build my world, church. But look at what he says there. He says, you are Peter. What was he before now? He was mainly called what? Simon. Simon. In fact, most of the time you see Simon, Simon, and then occasionally Simon Peter. But Jesus said, now, he was establishing in his life. He said, no longer will you just be Simon. 
Because Simon means what? Unstable. Blown here and there. On fire today, down tomorrow. Not reliable. He said, you are going to be what? Peter. What is Peter? What is the meaning of Peter? Thank you. It's actually, that is the Greek word. The Aramic word, the original one, was Kephas. Kephas, which means what? A stone. Stone. But in Greek, it's Peter, which means what? Which means a chip of the rock. So it's like saying a chip of, how did they say it? Thank you, a chip of the old block. Which one, who is the living rock and the old block? Christ. He said, now you are becoming what? A chip. You are becoming part. You will no longer be like this. You will be solid and you will stand. You are Peter. And the Holy Spirit said to me, when I was studying this sometimes ago, he said, I didn't just change his name. I changed his internal configuration. I changed his nature because I walked from the inside to the outside. The problem why he was unstable was because of the instability on his inside. So when I changed his name to Peter and I said, now thou art Peter, I changed that internal working and internal configuration so that with that internal change, the external can start to line up. So suddenly Peter changed from the unreliable one, from the one that cannot be what? Oh, to the one that will what? Stand the test of time. He still made his mistakes, but do you know what? He didn't end up like Judas because something has started changing on the inside of Peter. And I must say this, I must say two things and I will close. Number one, it wasn't on Peter that Jesus said he would build his church. Because there are places where they say, the Bible says that on, on this rock, and that rock was Peter. The rock was not Peter because you can't build a church on a human being. The rock was Christ. And upon the revelation of Christ, said, I will build my church. Build your church. Build your life. Build on the revelation of the Lordship of Christ. On this I will be, and the gates of hell. And do you know, he said, it is only a life that has been built on the Lordship of my name that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That means that if you are building, it's not that the gates of hell will not attempt. He didn't say it will not attempt. He said it will not what? Prevail against. The Bible says, surely they will gather together, but not by me. But whosoever will gather together against what? You will fall for your sake. He said, for no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But every tongue that will rise up against his judgment, you will condemn. He didn't say the weapon will not be formed. But he said, the weapon formed will not what? Prosper. Amen. That means that you can't stop can you stop somebody from coming to knock your door? Can you stop? Can, can I disappoint you, David? I'm sure you will agree with me. Or this will be a disappointment to you. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head. Is it possible? You're walking, you said no bird will fly over my head today. Can you stop that? You can't stop that. They will fly away, they will go there, but you can stop a bird from laying what? Eggs and planting a nest on your head. 
The problem is when they now sit there and they are planting their nest and then you are watching, say, what are you doing there? What are you doing there? No, 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 no. The there's a big problem already. Are you listening to me? But can you walk and the bird will be fine? No, no, you can't, you can't do anything to that. You can what? Can you stop anybody from calling you? Have there people that have called you before that you're not expecting? We, we have uh, a new machine. Or we have, what is it? We have a new whatever. Do you want to buy? Did you ask them to call? What do you do? Thank you. You, just, you, don't, you don't entertain that. You just stop it. You can't stop the enemy from coming to knock your door, but you can stop him from coming into your house. The challenge is this, when you allow him to not just come into the living room, eh? not even just sitting, when he moves to the bedroom, that becomes a problem. That's the problem. Hello? Then you need what? Law enforcement to get him out. What is the law enforcement? You don't have to be doing praying and fasting. You don't have to be saying, Lord, you know, law enforcement to get him out. But can you stop him from even getting rude? That is why praying and fasting is very good, but it's not the primary way of God. What is the primary way of God? Obedience. You obey God. Why are we in trouble all over this? Because of the fall of Adam, who did not obey. Who did not obey. Obedience in your life will bind Satan. But we now need to enforce that because of so many things that are not happening. But I'm trusting God for you. It's a new day for you. It's a new half of the year. I can't wait to hear your testimonies. If you know the healings that took place here today, oh my, praise God. He spoke very clearly. He said that liver problem is healed. He said that high blood sugar is gone. That organ issue is settled. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our new jobs. I can't wait when you come and show me the letters come. Look at the letter. Because new letters are coming for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. And we thank God also in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he's just starting with us. Very soon we'll be moving to our own building. In the name of Jesus. I can't wait for that first service. In Jesus' name. It will be wonderful and be glorious. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And on that day be ready. Because I'm going to ask. We're going to worship. It might just be worship alone, and I'll be watching you. If I see you standing like this while we worship, I'm going to call you out. You'll be dancing, doing your own dance in front of everybody. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord, because it's a day that I want to just worship God and bless his holy name. Amen. How many of us know he deserves all our praise? He deserves all our worship. You know, you will not even be here today if he has not spared your life. Amen. Or you are, the one, are you the one keeping your life by yourself? Hello, are you the one keeping your life? No, you're not the one keeping your life, he's the one keeping your life. Amen. If he spared you, then you must be grateful and be full of gratitude for what he has done for you. Rise up on your feet.